Hello and welcome to Sketch Therapist. It's the podcast that improves your sketch life. I'm your host, Roisin Curie, and in today's episode, I'm going to share with you all things ink. Pump kinks, <laughs> inktober, and the brands I love, the colours I choose, and how I use them. Here's a message that came into me about a month ago, but I didn't read it out. And um, it's just occurred to me that, you know, why not? Why not share the lovely words that people say? It's from Adrian. Thank you for your sketch therapist podcasts, which I follow closely and miss when in between releases. When's the next podcast coming? For the sketching tips that you generously share, for your stories that you tell so eloquently and humorously, and for introducing us to your family and dear little Reuben. I must have listened to all your interviews on YouTube and on Nishant Jane's podcast, and I still look forward to listening to more from you. On top of being a great artist, I think you're a fantastic speaker and storyteller as well. I guess I'm just thanking you for being you. Oh, that is so nice. Many, many, many good things happen for you, Roisin. That is just absolutely gorgeous, Adrian. And thank you for mentioning Nishant uh, Jane. I'm not sure how to pronounce your surname, J- uh, Nishant. I'm so sorry about that, Jane. Nishant is um Nishant lives in Vancouver and he has been running an incredible podcast for the last two years plus called Sneaky Art. Um and the whole thing behind Nishant's Sneaky Art podcast, which I'm sure you're familiar with if you're listening to mine, because you'll sort of know the people who, who do art podcasts. But the whole thing that Nishant, the reason he calls it sneaky art is because he used to feel a little shy about sketching in public and he felt that if he defined himself as such as a sneaky artist, then he sort of had permission to um, to sort of lurk in the shadows and sketch away. Um, and he, it's a great name. And he calls his podcast Sneaky Art. And he interviews uh, people who work in art in all kinds of disciplines, um, um, no matter what they do. And they're sort of slightly longer form. So you can have um, a podcast from Nishant that's even you know, an hour, two hours, even more long. And, and, and Nishant was good enough to interview me back in, well, it was winter and it was during the podcast, the pandemic, but I can't remember exactly the date, but you can, you can catch up with it on Nishant's podcast. And it was about how cartooning had, not cartooning exactly, but comic books had been such a massive influence for me in my career as an artist and my life as an artist, which is interesting because I was going to talk to you a little bit today about Inktober. Inktober is a thing that has been um, running for a good few years now. It must be 10 years or more. Um, And it's basically anybody who who owns a pen of any nature can take part. That's the only requirement that you own. In fact, you could even borrow one. I don't think that would, you know, preclude you from joining in and every day during the month of October you will draw something in ink either from your head or well always from your head but either some some kind of a theme that you've made up yourself or um uh, following a prompt okay so I've kind of sort of tried it before and the prompts are always quite sensible and quite designed to be you know inspiring and get you to come up with something. But this month I stumbled across something entirely different. So I followed this incredible artist called Hannah Hillam. I think I've mentioned her before in the pod. And Hannah talked about Inktober this year. 
I suppose it would have been the first couple of days of October. Even No, in fact, you know what? It was even back in September. And she mentioned that she was going to take part. And she said that there was this amazing person called Janelle Shane. Uh, I'm I'm guessing that Janelle is an American and um and I know that Janelle in fact I know Janelle is an American I'll explain why in a second but Janelle is involved with AI with art artificial intelligence and I have no idea how that works I have absolutely zero clue how it works that's how much clue I have zero really nothing minus minus clue how how it works well I kind of know that you um feed code okay I'm going to stop there because I actually don't know even though I listened to a podcast all about AI the other day I still don't know how it works and Janelle came up with a list of or let's say her her AI bots came up with um, prompts for Inktober she has four of them the first so there are four lists of 31 prompts and each has a theme and she has four different bots I can't remember what she called them I can't neuro something Neuro something. Anyway, neural, neural something. So the first list is called animal. The second list is called Halloween. The third list is called meat. And the fourth list is called clockwork. And I found at first that the list called meat to be very inspiring. And then I came up against a brick wall and I couldn't get any inspiration. I can't remember which number it was, maybe 10 or something. I think it was number 10. And I went to the animal list. And on that particular day, I also didn't find any any inspiration. Should have just been patient and given it time. So these each of these lists is generated by AI and they're absolutely bonkers. They are completely bonkers, completely random. You You should check out Janelle on Instagram and you can see for yourself the the lists of prompts they are really quite barmy and they hover somewhere they live somewhere in a in, in a world between humans brains and computers and Janelle is quite funny she says she was very pleased with her 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 bots I don't know what she calls them um and she says she thought they did very well <laughs> she thought they did very well um and I must say I'm inclined to agree now the Halloween list has given me a couple of ideas and I've gone to that once or twice. I mix and match. I don't follow one list and say, oh, no, I've started with meat. I have to continue with meat. No. Why would you do that? Because uh, Inktober or Bottober, as Janelle has called it, Bottober, it's it's just for fun. You're not being paid to do anything. So the only structure you put on it is self-imposed. So I, what do I have as a structure self-imposed? The only structure I have is to draw it in ink only. Um, I don't use any color. I did once um, for the one wh- where I had some vampires in the in the comic because, um, well, you know, vampires drink blood. We, we know that. So I figured that would be nice to do in red. But it was ink. It was red ink. So the only structure I impose upon myself is to do a cartoon every day. And I've been having a super time. I've been having a super time. And here's the weird thing. Here's the weird thing. Okay, first of all, I should explain that I've always done comics. I've done comics and cartoons since I was, I don't know, I'm not going to say zero because that would be silly. I wasn't making cartoons when I was zero. I was just being fat and plump and red haired and eating. That's basically what I was doing when I was zero. Yep, I was. No, I've been drawing cartoons since I was about four or five. And I think when I was six, I made my first comic I'm not going to say published because there was only one copy <laughs> but I made my first comic when I was about six 
and it had a free gift and everything on the front. I was very pleased with myself. I think I recycled a free gift from the front of another comic. Anybody of my vintage in your 50s, you'll, you'll remember the days of comics when there was a, a cool free gift um, attached to the front with glue or sellotape. And uh, you had to sometimes go to the one at the back of the stack in the newsagent because people would nick the uh, the free gift on the front. But the free gift was just the business. So when I made my own comic at the age of six or so, of course it had to have a free gift. But the comic itself was full of stories. It was full of co- uh, cartoons. It was, it was full of um, puzzles. And I don't know if I was clever enough at six to make a crossword, but I certainly would have wanted to. Um, and it didn't take too long before I was making crosswords. That's just the kind of time-wasting child that I was, playful, playful child that I was. Anyway, I'm back in the playground now in, in, in doing the October, the Inktober thing. Um, and I have only missed one day, that day that just nothing came to me. And maybe I'll go back to it and to have a complete set. And at first I was drawing them into a uh, small, um, expensive, very posh paper sketchbook. And I found that my drawings were pretty crap. They weren't working for me. They they were just a bit stupid. Um, and the weird thing is that when I turned to cheaper paper in a square format, so not rectangular format, um, in a spirally bound uh, little sketchbook, it weirdly just came really easily to me. I don't know why, but I will tell you that it, the paper you use and the format of the page you use is seems to have a really big importance when it comes to making your mojo kick into action, which is strange. I don't know why or how that works. I really don't get how that works. And I'm not sure if it's something to do with knowing that your paper isn't as expensive. I know that's a thing, you know, the horror of the expensive white piece of um, really beautiful watercolour paper. But for whatever reason, um, my little book, which what is the brand name in it? I don't think I can wait now let me just have a look sorry now about the little clinking noises in the background while I try and get the the brand name uh oh gosh after all that all it says is seven euros one cent and made in England um the price unfortunately is stuck on the top but it's one of those little black hardback um cardboard covered note uh, sketchbooks with a very thick black spiral binding and it measures about oh here we go it's 130 millimeters by 130 millimeters okay so that's something so 13 centimeters square that'll help you identify um, if you do want to get such a thing it'll help you identify the type i use the paper i'm just touching the paper it feels like about 150 grams um, and it's cartridge paper and it's perfect for ink because the ink doesn't doesn't go through never goes through the page um, and it's not really heavy enough to do anything decent in watercolour. So you don't feel like you're um, wasting paper when you when you scribble on them in ink, which I did feel like I was doing with the watercolour book, which was fair enough. I was wasting it because you should really be, you know, painting on watercolour paper if, if you put it to its, you know, um, to its most, if you want to maximise its use. So what about the cartoons themselves? Well, they are all on a square format, all the ones I've drawn. They're all in a square format and they're most of them divided into four quadrants, four panels. And that was sort of inspired by Hannah Hillam because she is inclined to do four panels in a square format. She also does single ones, but mostly I think she does four squares. And again, the format is really important. When I was doing just one 
single page for a comic. It wasn't coming, it wasn't suiting me as well as doing four panels. So I guess what that means is I like to have a story. So no surprises there thinking of Adrian talking about me being a storyteller and people do tell me all the time I'm a storyteller but I've always dismissed it as oh well all I do is recount what has happened I can't do any uh, I can't do any fiction but these comics are all pure fiction every single comic that I've made for Inktober obviously is pure fiction actually that's a lie there is well mm, I did one yesterday called Labyrinth and I drew a labyrinth and I put Reuben in the middle of it and I made him be hunting for his ball on one end and I drew the labyrinth in such a way that he would actually be able to find his way out because you couldn't have him trapped in there but I had Reuben the terrier in right in the middle of the labyrinth in my drawing um, in fact, I did two cartoons yesterday because I was struck by inspiration at uh, half past midnight. So that happens, just happens. There you go. Um, and in so so the Labyrinth one is based on a real game that I do with Ruben called Find. Better say that quietly because he's in the corner asleep, curled up. And if I say F-I-N-D too loudly, he will start getting excited and think we're playing F-I-N-D. So F-I-N-D is a game where... Um, uh, Reuben has he gives me his toy and he wants to play with it so um, I'm looking out the window into the a very very rainy back garden at the moment and I can just see in the gloom sitting in the grass I can see a blue green um, dog's toy which is a rugby ball or an American football depending on your on your viewpoint and so Reuben loves me to he loves all of us to throw this ball for him and one thing we like to do with F-I-N-D is to put Reuben out of the room shut the door and when you open the door he's sitting there all happy and full of anticipation and meanwhile while he's out of the room you hide his toy and you put it somewhere very obscure because it, it to him it smells very his toy smells very very strong strongly even if it looks like a piece of rubber that's been out in the rain for a month to us to him it still smells very strongly and you hide it and you put it under cushions on the sofa or you put it under um I don't know under something or you you stuff it into I don't know pile of laundry on the waiting to go into the washing machine, something like that. And one time I put it under um, my son Paddy's uh, rugby gear that was on the way into the washing machine. <laughs> and he found it. Reuben found it. Sorry, I better say that quietly. He F-O-U-N-D it. I'm not sure if he does past tense. <laughs> to be careful. Um, so anyway, that was the only one that was based on reality, Reuben in the labyrinth. But on the whole, they're all very, uh, they're all, they're all, they're all fictional. And this is the funny thing. Now, it's not funny to anybody else because there are a small core of people who love my, my comics and, 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 you know, put laugh, laughy faces every day, which makes me very happy. But on the whole, they don't get anything like the love that my sketches get, which is fine by me. I'm, you know, making myself happy. Um, and I have noticed that the ones I do with, um, that, sorry, what I was going to say is the ones that I started with in the beginning of the month, well, they're not very funny, um, they're mostly not done over four panels. And so they evolved. And it's only been three weeks. We're only, what, the 23rd of October. Um, and I've done, I guess, 22 cartoons. Well, 23, because I did two yesterday. And I missed a day. And they have evolved um, from something that was kind of a bit random to something that, believe it or not, is beginning to show signs of having a beginning, a middle and an end, which is which is amazing for me because I have always thought I can't do fiction. So I guess what I'm getting at is you labels in the world of creativity are pretty meaningless because the very word creativity means you're making up something that has never been done before, right? 
So when I say to myself, I can't do fiction, what I'm saying to myself is I can't write a novel. I can't write a short story. And those things are true. I can't. I'm, I've tried. Nothing comes. No plot arrives. It just doesn't happen. But when I'm doing a cartoon over four panels, I know it's not going to take me more than an hour start to finish, including thinking time. So I don't feel any pressure that I'm going to be giving up time out of my day when I should be doing things like my taxes. OK, so I feel free. I feel unpressurized. I know nobody's paying me. I know nobody's commissioned me. I know they're probably going to blow away into the ether, although I have chosen a nice clean page for each uh, cartoon. And I can always redraw them with the light box if I really want to. So they don't have to disappear into the into nothingness. But the freedom. So what I'm trying to say is you, there's a balance between freedom and structure. So the prompt is 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 the structure. OK, the prompt is a structure without a prompt. You might end up being completely uninspired and drawing a blank, literally drawing a blank, blank page. So the, the and the fact that they are generated by AI and completely random and often utterly senseless and meaningless is really gives you freedom with structure. So this is the amazing thing. So I'm going to read out a couple of prompts for you. So, uh, OK, one of them was a man covered in sharp spikes. So that was a one panel cartoon. They, that was quite early on in the in the series. That was number four. Number five was a decrepit pumpkin. And by the way, I can't remember which, which of the four lists each of these names came from. So that again, that was just one panel and it's just some, uh, some a rotten pumpkin. So that's not very exciting. Um, and then I had a few more that were one by one. But little by little, I began to evolve into doing... Sorry, you can probably hear me thumbing through them. Little by little, I began to evolve into four panel cartoons. And one of the ones that I really like is called... A camel spider in a bear costume. So that came very easily to me as four panels where a, ca a camel spider is in fact in a bear costume and he's spooking a ghost. And then there was saucepan sloth or saucepan sloth. That's the prompt. That's the prompt. That's all you're getting. Saucepan sloth. So that kicked my mind off and went down kind of channels. And then there was... Uh, Goats that are computer goats that are also computers that are also goats. Okay, so that that became a four panel um cartoon. And by the way, you can go to my Instagram and you can find all of these there. Um, so don't worry about that. Then there was one called a garlic. Sorry, a ghost. A ghost with a gar with garlic on it. Again, that's all you're getting. Nothing more than that. So you close your eyes and you have a little think. And if you can't get inspired then you wait. You just wait. You wait for something to come in. Now, last Wednesday, there was a thunderstorm and we lost power in Kilcolgan, in Galway, where I live. We lost power. Um, and I found, and we couldn't watch the Netflix show that we had wanted. We're watching The Old Man at the moment. And it's brilliant. Really, really enjoying it. But we couldn't watch it. It comes out on a Wednesday night and we couldn't watch it. So I sat on the sofa and I closed my eyes. And there was a couple of candles lit around the house. But there's literally nothing you can do in a power cut. You can barely not even mess on your phone because you don't even know when you're going to get power again and you might not want to waste out your battery on stupid stuff. So I so for the night of Wednesday, the um, the prompt was lemon shark. That is also a ringtone. 
and I was thinking and I was thinking I was thinking I was thinking I was thinking and I couldn't think of anything I was picturing sharks making noise but how do they make noise and eventually I knocked it on the head and I went to bed and in the morning I woke up and I saw the comic I saw the four panels in front of me and there it was um so what has happened over the month is that I'm really beginning to get more fluent at making a story with a beginning, a middle and an end. Now, I'm not going to say that there's going to be any short stories or any novels anytime soon because there aren't. But for a one page cartoon, it's perfect. And I really, really enjoy it. Once you come up with your theme, obviously the drawing and your story, the drawing is going to be important. And I can't tell you much about the drawing because I don't know how I do it or where it comes from. I'm afraid to say, I just don't. But what I can say to you is make sure that your panels aren't very cluttered. Use a food pen so that you can have a wider nib, wider lines and narrower lines. That's very important. Practice your food nib so that you uh, are good at it, so that you the lines go where you want them to go. OK, because the foodie nib can make a little tiny rectangle shaped dot as opposed to a roundy dot. So, for example, when you're doing little eyes, so you have to be very good at making the dot come out exactly where you want it to. When you're doing speech bubbles, which I am partial to, make sure there's lots of white space around them. OK, practice your lettering. There's a lot to it. Practice your print lettering, your hand done lettering until you feel that you can make very legible writing. Don't use digital writing. Digital writing, digital lettering is awful. Hand, hand on writing is much nicer. It's much, much nicer. Just make sure that you spell it out in your mind as you write so that you don't make any spelling errors because you will. Because once you're doing lettering in a format that's actually art, you lose the sense of how to spell properly. Okay. And really importantly, compose what you're going to say in each speech bubble before you come to the end. Now, I haven't been doing that um, in, in some of my cartoons. And as a result, some of them don't don't really flow properly. So, for example, I had one with a, um, a it, the prompt was unicorn cobra. Um, and I didn't really think it through before I came to the end. Now, that's because I did it at half past midnight. So I was amazed I could do one at all. That's the second one I did yesterday. And um, so the second panel and the third panel don't really flow one into the other. They have different tones um as you can hear i'm pretty obsessed with comics and making them work and making them flow not to mention the fact that i think i've mentioned it before as well i'm not a serious artist i'm just not so that's why comics um come very naturally to me they just do um so i've just finished uh number 23 and uh day 23 which is no 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 i've just finished day 22 so i i, I work a day behind if you know what i mean so i've just finished the 22nd of October's cartoon today on the 23rd. So what else can I tell you about that? Uh, well, I wish I could tell you more about cartooning because cartooning is the best fun in the whole world. But I, I just don't know how I do it. I just I'm not very good at knowing what it is I'm doing. Um, unlike sketching, which I know exactly what I'm doing and I know exactly how to tell you how, how, what to do and how to do it. Um, but anyway, that's that's all I can tell you about Inktober, hashtag Inktober, hashtag Bottober. So you can also go to Bottober2022 on Instagram and you'll find me there. And that is all I can tell you. And thank you to that guy, can't remember his name. He'll come to me after I've stopped recording, no doubt. Jake, Jake, Jake somebody who invented 
Inktober. And I want to say thank you to Jake. And also I want to add that get yourselves a playground. If you're if you're if you're someone who makes art, get yourself a playground. Another one, by the way, which I will go to, into much more detail another time is the website they draw and cook. So it's where you just draw a recipe according to a certain dimensions. That's all you have to do is follow the dimensions. Anything else is completely open and it's a pure playground. So um, that is run by a brother and sister duo called Nate and Sally. And I can't remember their surnames, but it's called They Draw and Cook and Nate and Sally have been doing it for years and they're absolutely brilliant. So guys, um, get yourself a playground somewhere where nobody's watching except you. Post it or don't post it, whatever you like. But get playful. Get playful with art because it's the best thing you'll ever do for yourself as an artist, which is one of the reasons we love our sketchbooks, right? It's just a playground. Okay, that is the end of that. Um, and so uh, on to more sketchy subjects. Well, I said I'd tell you how I know that Janelle Shane is American. She had this thing on Twitter. I had a little snoop around on her Twitter account and it was very, very cool. She had a thing where she got her AI bots, things, to design product photos of each state in America's favourite Halloween candy. Or some of them anyway. I don't know if there was... I don't know if all the states were represented. But I saw the ones that stand out in my mind are Wisconsin and Texas and so on. And they're very, they're very believable, uh, believable until you look closely when you can see that they're actually don't really make sense, that the, they're kind of nothing. When you look closely, what looks like a pile of little sweets coming out of a bag. Well, they're not. They're, they're kind of blurred when you look up close. So they're very, very strange and weird, but well worth a look because it really does make your your head think. I'm sure Janelle is completely obsessed with what she's doing. Um, so anyway, that was that was that was how I figured Janelle is 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 from the States. Um, the other thing I just thought I'd quickly tell you is not that, you know, it's of any huge relevance to anything, but uh, I, I tend to draw my, my my cartoons in the same way as I draw anything direct to paper, directly in ink to paper. I don't draw anything in pencil first because I partly because I'm not going to spend that much time in it. But I suppose mainly because I think the magic that's in your hand is much better, it's much more likely to to come out if you draw directly in ink. So that applies to your sketches as well. So when I'm banging on about using ink in this particular episode, a lot of it is for very good reasons. Um, so I, you know, it does take a bit of practice and it does take a little bit of a, a brass neck, but I def I recommend, I do recommend drawing directly in ink, whether it's a cartoon or whether it's a sketch, change up your colour of your ink and see how that works out for you. Well, just one or two more notes from people who are enjoying the podcast because it's just lovely to get the messages. Hi, Roisin. Just a quick note to say how much I enjoy your podcasts as well as the sketch alongs. They are a highlight of my week. I note all your tips in a sketchbook so I can read back through the gems. Thank you for the time you take to make them. That's from Gina. And thank you, Gina. Just lovely to get. So really, really appreciate your words. Here is another message from Deirdre. Now, this one isn't so much about the podcast per se, but it is about ink. So I thought it would be pertinent to what we're going to discuss today. You are such a great teacher, Roisin. I've enjoyed seeing your sketches for years. So I was delighted to find out that you offer online classes. 
After years of trying to sketch, you've given me the techniques to develop my confidence in trying new things. Sketching landscapes, sketching people, sketching directly with pen. I've just ordered a Sailor Foodie pen and some sketching, so that will be my next challenge to conquer. Never used a fountain pen in my life. Happy sketching to you today. That is just so lovely, Deirdre. Thank you for that. And I wanted to talk to you today about ink. So, as you guys know, I absolutely love drawing in ink. And my two brands that I use above all others are Diatramentus Document Ink. And I use Roar and Klingner Sketch Ink, which comes with very pretty girls' names. Now, the thing about ink is people can be a little frightened of it because it can be quite strong and quite bold and quite statementy. And you might be in the mood for that. That might be exactly what you're looking for. Or you might be trying to gently wriggle your way into a sketch that where the, the ink doesn't really dominate. So I've got two little drawings today, two little sketches that I want to talk to you about. One of them is the illustration for the uh, for the episode and the other I'll put it up somewhere in my Instagram so you can see it as well and they are drawings of little mini pumpkins and the reason they are perfect a perfect example of how to use ink in a way that's not going to uh, disappoint you and make you frustrated is th this, the reason they're, they're, they're a very good subject is because they're subtle they have very light colours so they're not like dark brown and dark blue um, which would mean that your ink colour, if you're using brown or black or something, it would just get hidden, wouldn't it, into the paint? No, these little miniature pumpkins are shades of orange, green and yellow. And sometimes some very subtle shades of um, kind of a very light green or a nice sort of a pale creamy colour, maybe a little Naples yellowy kind of a colour. So you don't want your ink necessarily to really, really dominate. And I did one of these little pumpkin pictures last year, this time last year, and I did one a few days ago and I used different colours of ink in both cases. So one of them I used uh, Document Ink Burnt Sienna. Um, it's called, I think they call it Urban Sienna. So that's Diatramentus Document Ink Urban Sienna. Um, I used that mostly for my ink. And for the other one, I used um, Carmen, Carmen ink. It's orange and it's by Roar and Klingner and it's the sketch ink range. And I also used for the more recent sketch, I also used yellow Diatramentus document ink. And I used um, for both of these sketches, I also introduced Emma Roar and Klinger sketch ink. So that's a lovely shade of olive green. Um, and then finally, for little bits of emphasis, I used brown ink. So let's talk about the one at the time. All right. First of all, the most recent one, because that's freshest in my memory, in my mind. For that one, I used a dip pen. So cheapest chips, just you buy a bamboo handle and you buy a dip pen nib and you can buy a bunch of them by selection. They're very, they're very inexpensive. And the reason I use that is because I partly because I like the line that a dip pen brings, but partly because I didn't have an empty fountain pen that I wanted to fill with um, with ink that I wasn't going to use very often. So a dip pen is perfect for an ink that you're not going to use very often. It's also perfect for an ink that isn't necessarily suitable 
for a fountain pen. Um, I have ruined a fountain pen with a um, with an ink from Roaring Klingner that wasn't suitable for a fountain pen. It's the most gorgeous colour. It's kind of like a grape colour, but it it isn't meant for fountain pens. Clogged it up and the pen is bust. So you can get around that problem by just sticking to a dip pen and make sure you get a recommendation from either, I don't know, a forum of some sort or someone you know who happens to use a lot of um, pen and ink like me. So that's why I can assure you that Sketch Ink by Roaring Klingner has yet to clog a single pen of mine. It has never done so, even though I have heard people say, not saying that particular ink now, I don't know, but people have told me that inks that I recommend have clogged their pen. But I, if I recommend it, I can assure you it has never clogged a pen of mine. So that goes for Detrimentous Document Ink and it goes for Roaring Klingner Sketch Ink. So the Sketch Ink comes in lots of different colours and um, my wonderful student Jan has been so kind as to send me um, a, a number of samples by, and in fact a full bottle or two from, uh, from the Sketch Ink range by Roaring Klingner. She sent me Lily, which is a beautiful, gorgeous, dark, greedy, grey, brown called um well called lily and it's sort of i liken it to the color of black coffee which i think it kind of is that sort of color um she also gave me carmen which is the orange color beautiful gorgeous gorgeous shade of orange she has given me emma which is the olive green that's how i got to know it in the first place actually that wasn't the first time i used it i got it from um a wonderful spanish student in spain last year when i was giving a workshop in santiago de compostela so that's the first time i used that ink but jan gave me some samples of it she also gave me a blue uh which i can't remember the name of it's got another girl's name can't remember the name of it and she gave me an aubergine one that is called what is the aubergine one called I can't remember, but it also has a girl's name um, and she also gave me different colours as well. So it's a great ink. It's really lovely and I love using it. So by using the orange ink to sketch out my miniature pumpkins, I didn't feel that I was going to make a, if I made a, a mistake, it wasn't going to glare at me and be really horrible and offend my gaze. But B, it meant that I could have a very fluid, quick, fast, speedy hand. Um, and I didn't feel intimidated at all because ink can be, can do that. It can be a little bit intimidating. So that's what I did. I sketched out my pumpkins with orange carmine ink by Roaring Klingner. At the end of the sketch, I also used the yellow uh, diatromentous ink in for my lettering. And because I went from one ink colour to another, um, the the orange changes to yellow and back again a couple of times and it looks so, so nice. So it's great potential for doing something creative there. I'll definitely do it again with two more different colours. Now, the way to do that in a convenient way is number one, as I said, have your dip pen, but also have your ink in little plastic vials. So your ink has to be in a tall vertical container in order for you to be able to suck up ink properly with your converter and your pen. And it also works much better for your dip pen. So you need to be able to put your pen into the container of ink. You need to have your pen, whether you're sucking up ink into it or whether you're just using a dip pen, you need to be able to um, cover the entire pen with ink. So you need a vertical little file is the best way to do that. So that's what I do. It means that you can change ink as well uh, relatively easily. If I have ink that I that I that I want to ditch, if it's contaminated with another colour, I don't fret about waste. I just squeeze it out. You're talking about a couple of mils at the very most. Um, I don't know how many mils a pen will suck up, but even a full cartridge full is only about um, 
Uh, it's really, it's it's only a couple of milliliters. It's nothing. It's very, very little. So you're not wasting much. You're not wasting much. And a bottle of ink will last you forever. So after I made my initial shapes with orange ink, then I started uh, picking out any green shapes. So the green stripes, um, the green speckles, um, all that stuff. That's what I did with the with the Emma ink from Roaring Klingner. I used that for the stems as well. And then when I painted the uh, pumpkins in, um, which I did in class yesterday, and it'll be up on my website, so you can buy that class if you want to give it a lash yourself. But once I had the paintwork done as well, then I used um, these nice light coloured inks to just to scribble in little bits that look like they needed emphasising. And that works very well when you're using a colourful ink as opposed to an ink in brown or black. Then at the very end, when I put in my... Um, my shadows, the whole lot, everything. I used a little bit of Diatrementis documenting brown just to really emphasise the shadows underneath the pumpkins themselves. So I also used the brown ink um, to emphasise the stems. So documenting brown, documenting yellow, Emma uh, sketching by Roaring Klingner and Carmen sketching by Roaring Klingner. Those were the ink, the four ink colours I used. And I am partial, as you know, to a bit of scribbles in ink. Um, I, I do, I do love that. Now, the other sketch that I did in pumpkins, the one I did last year, I used Urban Sienna by Diatrementis Document Ink. Um, and I used it, I chose it because it was much, much lighter than document ink brown and it's much more orangey color and I found it really really good so I am going to paint this the pumpkins again the ones I've just bought and I will in fact use the same urban sienna ink to do that now for that sketch I also use lots of um, Emma sketch ink as well um, that was just after I, I'd come back from Spain so the um, I had been in Spain earlier that October last year so that is where I would have discovered the Emma sketching for the first time. Of course, I use lots of paint as well. You can you can see it in the sketch if you find it on Instagram or in the illustration. You can see that I've used lots of yellows, lots of oranges and of course, lots of lovely sludgy greens. But pumpkins are a gorgeous, gorgeous subject to do. And I highly advise you get some for yourself. Um, make a nice little composition. Um just have some fun, have some fun. For my more recent sketch, I separated them a little further apart because I felt they were a bit too jumbled in the one I did last year. Um, so it's just up to you whether you put them close together or far apart and have have, have some fun, have a good time. Um, and uh, yeah, as I say, that class is there. So if you do struggle with, with your shapes a little bit, um, you could do worse than buying the recording that I have that I will have anyway very soon on my website okay so there you go there's some new inks to try um so urban uh urban sienna by diatrementis and all the others that I mentioned of course you know what this means don't you you have no option but to buy yourself a ton of sketch of uh, sketch inks um my wonderful students are so kind and they 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 make gifts of it for me and in fact the people at diatrementis they don't support me. They don't, uh, I'm not going to say support, that's the wrong word. They don't sponsor me with money, but they do sponsor me in terms of sending me a massive hamper of ink. So, um, but I, that hasn't, I promise you that hasn't affected my bias in any way, except that I'm very grateful to them because the ink is just fabulous. It's just fabulous. You can't fault it. All right, guys, I'll leave it at that. Um, dip pen, foodie pen, 55 degrees and lots of different inks and you will never be stuck for something to do. Well, October is the season for falling leaves, or it is in County Galway anyway, and it doesn't take 
very much of a close inspection to see the unbelievable beauty that you have in a single fallen leaf. Put them together and you've got an incredible variety of colours, shapes and sizes. So I decided to do a little bit of a video of sketching autumn leaves, how I do them and some nice techniques for getting results you really like. I did it on my, um, I put it up on my YouTube channel last week, which is the first instructional video I've put up there. I don't know if, if ever, but certainly for a very long time. I hope you find your way over to it and see what you think. You can let me know. And before you let me know, just uh, bear in mind that I know the music is too loud. I know my voice is drowned out. I've been told enough times by enough people making comments under the video. So uh, rest assured, I will sort that problem out next time. You don't need to point it out. But I do like your comments nonetheless. Just, you know. Don't mention the music. Um, and then when you do look at it, I hope you will go out and trudge outdoors into the lovely October air. Fetch yourself some some leaves. I'm actually going to do it again today because it's a beautiful uh, autumnal afternoon. It's not even raining at the moment. I'm going to do it again. It's a lovely thing to do. I won't even tell you how I do it, but I have a really easy technique. It's all up there on the YouTube uh, channel. Of course, my YouTube is my name, Roshin Curie. Loads of fathers, or O father, I S I father, N C U or accent a U because it isn't a father, is it? It's French. Um, and you'll find me there. So go ahead and have a look and see what you think and enjoy it. Well, that brings us to an end of this episode of Sketch Therapist. I hope you've enjoyed learning all things inky, all things inky. I suppose I could have told you a little bit more about how to use ink, such as wait for it to dry before you rub out any pencil lines. Wait for it to dry before you move your hand rapidly across the page because you'll smudge it. Uh, shake the bottle before you fill your pen, because if it's waterproof ink that you have bought, you might find that it will be a little water soluble unless the bottle is well shaken before your pen is filled. At least that has been the experience of one or two of my students. In terms of what's coming up, well, myself and my wonderful webmasters are still working on getting my membership program together and the membership program is going to be fab when we finally do get it going. So please be patient and I appreciate your patience because it is coming and we will let you know as soon as it does arrive. What else? Well, I have a little trip to France coming up very soon. I'm very excited about that. I'll tell you more about that when it's a bit closer to the time. I also told you that I would have a chat, that I would tell you how my book proposal submission went with my book publisher. Well, the answer is it didn't. It didn't go. My publisher didn't like the idea. I also went off the idea in between coming up with it and writing a careful proposal and submitting it to my publisher, which is yet another example of why I get very worried about my ability to make decisions. However, my publisher did have an idea that he is very keen for me to do. I have to think about it. I have to think about it. But I, I, it's looking good. It's looking good at the moment. It's looking good. I think I probably will. But before I give my publisher an affirmative or a whatever the opposite of affirmative is um whatever I'm I I, I will uh, I will I will definitely let you guys know as soon as I do 
And with that, let me just finish up by reminding you that we have classes twice a week, Saturdays, two o'clock to 3.30 in the afternoon, Irish time, which is GMT plus one, uh, usually about five hours ahead of EDT. Okay, so that gives you or Eastern Standard Time, EST. So that gives you a rough idea of where we are in Ireland compared to where you are. And of course, we are many hours in advance of, no, many hours behind uh, our friends in, in, in Singapore and in Australia. But you'll have to check according to your time zone because they do change rather a lot as you make your way across our wonderful globe. So two times a week, Saturdays, two o'clock to 3.30 and Tuesdays, seven to 8.30. At the moment, Saturdays are all about autumn's bounty. Still haven't come to the end of that because we're still haven't come to the end of autumn. And Tuesdays are about urban sketching wherever I happen to be. So, uh, so just keep an eye out on my website and you'll never know what I might come up with. And with that, I will wish you a wonderful weekend, wonderful week. Um, I wish you uh, much pleasure in uh, having a look at my latest YouTube video, uh, which is rather instructional and rather fun. Um, And in all things sketching this week, I wish you, as always, happy sketching.